You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home. All right, welcome back to Bears Nation podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lapko, alongside. My co-host, Chris Nano, uh, we're not feeling too great. I'll put it out there right now. I mean, that loss yesterday was tough. Chris, I mean, tell us how you're feeling right off the bat here real quick. Yeah, man, just a, just a brutal loss. Um, you know, it, it's it sucks that we have, you know, we're now sitting um, with two losses back to back. But, um, you know, it, it's weird because we the, like the offense has been terrible. Um, and then this game, like not just the offense, but just in terms of the team, like I feel like the team just kind of seemed like they were more competitive. Um, I, I don't know if that's just me or I don't know what, but like it seemed like the Bears had every opportunity to win this game. Um, and it's, it's just funny because we talked about how the offense, you know, hasn't been good, this and that. And yesterday, I, f- I honestly think they were just slightly better. Um, and that makes it even more frustrating, in my opinion. Because it's like, you know, we, we, we had just so many opportunities to win this game. Um, this kind of almost felt like um, the Rams game last year to me, um, where, you know, the, the Saints just they, they, they were not very good, man. And, and, and honestly, I I've lowered my expectations for the Saints moving forward after that game. I just I, it, it's it's very frustrating, man. It's very frustrating. Like you're, you were right there. Um, and, you know, this was a team that was very beatable. Um, you know, they've kind of proved that themselves yesterday. But, yeah, just overall, just very frustrated, man. I, I don't really know what other word to use for this. Yeah, uh, we're going to get a, we're going to get into our deep dive. But Jake Hassan, our third host, unfortunately, is not here today. He's doing big boy work stuff. But he did send us a little audio statement that we want to play for you guys of his thoughts on the game. Here it is. My official statement as it pertains to the Chicago Bears 2020 season. This is Jake. Obviously can't make the recording tonight. So I'm giving a brief, brief statement before returning to the podcast for the preview episode. My statement is this. Team stinks. Nagy stinks. There are things to build off of, but I don't believe that there's going to be a change at quarterback again. I think Foles made some decent throws, especially late, nearly won you the game. But it's obvious that Cole Komet needs to be starting, needs to be getting the majority of the snaps at tight end as the starting tight end. Uh, Javon Wims is a clown, and he's going to get cut. And, you know, you just got to keep building. I I mean, it it stinks, and this team is sort of taking baby steps, but then they take a huge leap backwards. So it's like we've been saying all week, week on week on week. You got to put it together. You need to get a full performance out of this team. And until then, I'm not going to believe in them as true playoff contenders. I know there's winnable games, but at this point, if you get into the playoffs, whoever you face is going to crush you. So on to the next one. Foles is still a starter. Sorry, Kevin. Jake, I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't know how. I, I Look, this is this is the way I'll phrase the quarterback um, situation right now and, and what the bottom line is for me. 
right now at this very moment, when this up, when you're listening to this episode, November 3rd, uh, also go out there and vote if you haven't yet. Big day, uh, election day, go out there and vote. But I see more potential in the Bears with Mitch Trubisky at the helm than Foles. It's as simple as that for me. I mean, you don't need to break it down anymore. The ceiling is higher for this team with Trubisky. We've said it in the past. I'll say it again now. But I don't even think you can argue that the floor is higher with Foles anymore. I mean, Let's you know throw away the stats, throw away everything. Chris, let me just ask you this one question right now. Do you think the Bears have more potential with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback? Would you feel better about them going forward with Trubisky or Foles at this very moment? What is your answer to that question? Um, you know, man, I, I've been I, – I swear to you. Um, we're recording this at 6.30 um, here in AZ. It's 6.30 p.m. Since from the time I woke up to right now, this is literally all I've been thinking about. Like, would I feel better about the Bears offense if it was Mitch Trubisky as opposed to Nick Foles? And my answer is, I don't think so. I, I really don't. But here's my thing with this. I My argument with all this is that whether it's Trubisky or Foles, the offense is going to look a little bit the same, except for the the, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky's mobility, of course. But my whole thing with this is just the fact that, you know, if your offense is, and this may honestly sound crazy or, you know, and I'm viewing this emotionally, whatever. If your offense looks just about the same, I would much rather roll with the younger guy, um, the guy you drafted, the guy that, you know, in my eyes, I believe is, you know, one of our own. We drafted him to be the guy. Um, Nick Foles just doesn't really feel like my, um, my quarterback, if you get what I'm trying to say, like he 100%. just kind of seems like percent. It just kind of feels like a random just joined the team, and you know what I mean. Um, and yes. and that's kind of like my whole thing with it. Like I would rather go down swinging with Mitch Trubisky. But here's the thing, like I, I don't know, I don't know necessarily if you think like he's gonna come in and and the offense will completely change, or like if you think it's just gonna be a little bit better. But my whole thing is like I don't even know if it'll be better at all. But I would still much rather. Um, go down swinging with Trubisky, if that makes sense. I I think that's what I've been trying to say for so long, and I've never been able to put into those words. That right there from Chris is exactly what I think every single Bears fan is thinking. I truly think that's it. We all know that Mitch Trubisky isn't very good, but... We have sort of this feeling towards him that we've seen him do things like what he did in the Cowboys game. He has energy. He's the younger player. I mean, what it comes down to me is what my like, look, I, I take my I value my mom's opinion uh, in just about everything. And sometimes she watches the Bears games and tells me what she sees. And it's sometimes really valuable because as analysts and podcast people who break it down, sometimes we break it down too much and we don't see the surface level of things when sometimes the surface level of things can be kind of telling and what she said to me was when Foles is out there she just doesn't notice any excitement she doesn't notice any energy being built off of him and teams get their energy off the quarterback they feed off the energy of the quarterback when Mitch Trubisky was playing garbage back in 2019 2018 the team fed off that and the team looked like garbage but when he played really well the energy was there for example that Cowboys game is really the one I point to I mean then you know 
look what happens. I mean, look what happens when 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 your quarterback gives energy. And no matter, and I'm not saying Nick Foles need to be rah rah all this, all that. You know, he doesn't need to be like Tom Brady before every game. You know, hyping himself up. He doesn't need to be that guy. But at least you know, show a little bit of emotion. And I'm not saying he's an emotionless person. That's not the case. But I mean, at least when Mitch is in there, you feel the fight, you feel the energy, and it changes momentum. And I think that's really really important. I think that speaks to exactly what you're saying and why I think at this point, 64% of Bears fans, according to a majority of Twitter polls, believe Mitch Trubisky should be the starter now. It's not about the offense. It's not about the play. Throw away the X's and O's. It's from, uh, and it's so ironic that we're saying this because everyone was so in love with Foles' leadership skills and his intangibles. And now it's like, well, you know, those intangibles don't really mean anything. And he doesn't bring anything else to the table when it comes to an energy standpoint. So I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that is exactly what every Bears fan is feeling right now. That was great. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I know exactly what people that disagree, I, I already know what their argument against this will be. And it's the fact that like, oh, you know, Mitch Trubisky has been has been mobile, you know, for the, his entire career. And we still haven't done much on offense. He got benched for a reason. This and that falls on a Super Bowl. But it's like, man, like, how long are you going to cling on to that Super Bowl? Like, th- mm-hmm. first of all, the dude didn't win it with us. So it literally does not matter. Like, it, I, I'm a firm believer uh, in the fact that, like, every in the in the NFL, everything's a domino effect between, like, you know, he was he was under certain coaches that were able to get the absolute best out of him. And the Bears aren't going to be that team to, to do that. So at this point, I feel like you're kind of just like you're, you're kind of just rolling with whatever. You're kind of just winging it. Um, and, you know, at least with Mitch Trubisky, there's a plan. Like, you know, if you feel a little bit more. um it's gonna be funny that I that I say this because I, I've been we've we've literally said the exact opposite. But like I actually am wondering now if there's more stability under Mitch um, because it's like you know you have that um, you you have that kind of I'm, I'm trying to word this like you know Mitch Trubisky uh, like he still has a lot to play for whereas Nick Foles mm-hmm. kind of like you know and this was my argument prior to the year i don't remember if it, i don't know if you remember but i literally said i was like you know everyone keeps saying like um he's won a super bowl this and that you know and he he's he's gotten paid um by the jaguars and obviously getting paid now by the bears and it's like like what really does he have like where's the hunger where is that gonna come from because okay he's won a super bowl um he's gotten paid uh, and he's now on the Bears, and it's like, you know, like, of course he's going to go out there and do his job. I'm not saying he's not, you know, trying, but it's just like, you know, you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, it, it was just like he kind of just Absolutely. felt like, like he, he's just a guy that's in there and, and, you know, like just kind of like an employee, if you get what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, I mean, like he's, he's fighting for like, man, man. I know someone I have a feeling someone will definitely take a shot on on Mitch no matter what happens. But like Absolutely. I feel like he's still playing for that, you know, type of like, guys, look, I I still belong here. So I think I do think just what you mentioned earlier is like fans have an affinity towards the home not the hometown guy, but like, you know, the homegrown guy from the sense that he this was the guy who was drafted by Chicago and although he hasn't been very good, like he's more a Chicago Bear than Nick Foles is. I mean, I think that's really what you're trying to get at is he is a Chicago Bear. He has fought for this team for exactly. the past three years. And to me, like I don't know if this is the wrong way to look at it. I just don't see a lot of fight in Nick Foles. I mean, I don't see any fight in him. And I don't know if that's just the way his personality is. And and he's shown like 
the only real time where I saw, you know, I guess you could say, quote, fighting him was that press conference a week ago or, or two weeks ago when he was like talking about dreams and nightmares in the locker room and all this. And he was getting real amped up in the post game press conference. But other than that, I mean, that I, I see no fight, no emotion, no energy from this guy. And I think that's for a team that is built off of their culture and built off of momentum and built off the energy. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't see any, and the other thing too is, and I, of course, I'm going to say this, but I, I just don't see the justification for it anymore. Beyond that, you want to, you know, call it fair, okay, you know, Mitch Trubisky was 2-0 and and threw one bad interception, was playing a poor half of football, and was benched. Um, and whether you think that's deserving or not, that's not the point. The point is now, Foles, you know, wh- why? what's up with his leash now? I mean, he's made a multitude, he's made so many more worse plays than Mitch has. He's 2-3 and three right now as a starter. What what are we talking about here? What is the justification to keep Foles in there now? And I said that three weeks ago, but it's now even more – it's evident more now than ever that this guy should not be in there. And the fact that he still is is just blind loyalty from Matt Nagy and, quite frankly, stupidity. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's – you know, that's exactly what it is. Look, I, th- I feel like it's basically proven now because of your argument, what you just said, like where's, what's the justification, that it's very clear that, that Matt Nagy wanted uh, Nick Foles right off – you know, right off the rip, um, you like he was just waiting for the first opportunity to pull Mitch, and that's what he did. Um, and you know, and, and like I, I actually think that's coming to light now. Like I feel like that all adds up. Um, and you know, like I have to be fair though. I, I really feel like um, I'm being a slightly unfair here. Um, I, I do because my whole argument, like I said from the beginning, is that you know whether it's Mitch or whether it's Foles, like you're gonna get pretty much the same production out of your offense. So I said the problems were bigger than the quarterback when they switched to Foles, and I still stand by that. I still feel like he's being let down by um, the play calling. I still feel like he's being let down about the, the uh, by the offensive line. And it's funny because like everyone, like I, I just. The offensive line played a little bit better yesterday. I'll give them that. But, like, he, they're still terrible, man. I, I really still think they're terrible. Um, just, like, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the problems really are bigger than the quarterback. It starts at the top. You know who I'm referring to. And that's just how I see it right now, man. Like, I just don't think it'll matter too much in the grand scheme, like, who the quarterback is. No, but, like – well, you're still talking from a uh, like an X's and O's standpoint, but we're, literally what you just said is that you know it, it doesn't matter about that stuff. Like that doesn't really like it. It, it does matter. Like, and I I too I I am on the side that I think Mitch Trubisky is better for this offense, regardless of what you think. Like the mobility is there. We know he can make plays. We know he can at least do some things at some times. And you're gonna get the lowest, but you're sure as hell gonna get the highs. Probably a lot more often than you get the highs from Nick Foles. And I'll you know I'll take that any day of the week. But again, it's beyond that. I mean, it really is. I go back to this every time because it's so important. But that's literally this team is literally built off their culture and off their energy. You look at every single game of this team under Matt Nagy and you point to their losses and wins. And the one thing that's consistent is, you know, were they did they have energy throughout the game? Were they playing hard? Were they fighting? And in all their losses, you can say no. In all their wins, you can say, hell yeah. And it's very present in all those wins. So I think that's really the most important thing. I mean, we again, we break down all the X's and O's and you can go all effing day about it. You can compare all the stats you want. And I've done that in the past and I probably will in the future. But I'm kind of starting to think that maybe that stuff doesn't matter. I mean, give me throw away everyone's personnel groupings. Yours, you know, we are it's all this, all this, all that. I mean, 
I, I truly think that, you know, this team right now at this given moment has more potential if Mitch Trubisky were at the helm. And the unfortunate thing for me is I, I don't think I simply just don't think it's going to change. And what's even more amazing to me about the fact that I don't think it's going to change because Matt Nagy's so loyal towards Nick Foles is the fact that these guys are kind of in a rift. Like I, for the second straight week now, there's been an issue where the two are not on the same page whatsoever. That being Foles and Nagy. Nagy was clearly frustrated during the postgame press conference with the delay of game taken by Nick Foles and everything going on with his hand. Uh, and then we had the week before that where the Brian Giese comments came to light. And I know they were able to sort that out. But this to me, I mean, this was a Jason Leacher article that I read. This does not really seem like a stable relationship right now between Foles and Nagy, which is really surprising to me as to why Foles is still in there. Yeah, it, man, like, like I, I don't know. I, I don't know. This whole this whole thing with Nick Foles just kind of makes me believe that Nagy just doesn't like – like, I feel like it has more to do with the fact that he has something against Trubisky um, mm-hmm. more so than, than he likes Nick Foles, if you get what I'm trying to say. Like, dude, listen, there's no way I, – I, I just I, – like – Man, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing a complete 180, but now that we're like in the middle of the season, like I'm just trying to figure out like where I stand now. And it's like there's no way like Ryan Pace went up to Matt Nagy and his staff and said like, OK, what do we do about the quarterback situation? There is no I just don't believe they literally looked him in the eyes and said, get me Nick Foles. Like there's no way that was the first priority. I just do not believe that. I really do not like it, it, it because Nick Foles. Like what? What did you bring him in for? Like, like what is he good at? Like, someone tell me what is he good at? What does Nick Foles do good? I just keep hearing like, and I and I for you know a little bit amount of time like I did kind of believe he did he had that higher floor, um, you know, and I, I I think he's a he's an intelligent quarterback. I just don't think he can do what his brain is telling him to do. Like, I just think he's physically like limited. Mm-hmm. And um, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I just, yes. I feel like there's, you know, Mitch is, and, and, and you know, I, I can't fully defend Mitch either because it's like, you know, there, I feel like even you would agree that, you know, there were like that, him getting benched in general, I feel like, like even you'd kind of understand why it happened, but just not at that specific time. Like mm-hmm. that specific time was just very odd. And, and I mean, I, I think it's, clear as day that he just doesn't like Mitch Trubisky and he thought Nick Foles would be you know that high floor guy maybe um but I just don't believe he was the first choice like there's no way if you're telling me right now that Matt Nagy um told Ryan Pace yes Nick Foles is my number one quarterback then he should be fired right now like right now well he should be fired based off the point that you're not riding with the guy that you came here to to work with I mean you were hired by the Chicago Bears and this is the only re- not the only reason, but 90% of the reason you're hired was you were willing to accept Mitch Trubisky as your starting quarterback and work with him and make him better. And after two years of you know success in the first year and a little bit of a rift in the second year, you just give up on him? I mean, what does that say about you as a head coach, as a players, as this quote branded players coach that we've you know talked about so much with Matt Nagy? Well, I mean, I don't know if we're evaluating this wrong, but if you weren't willing to ride for die for your quarterback and were you know, willing to take him out at any given moment or the, the earliest opportunity that you could, and now you're really not going to do what I would say is for the better of the team because you're biased against him, 
That to me yeah. is possibly the worst quality you can have in a head coach. Not riding for your players, not working with what you have. Um, I believe the what you know, uh, Joe Judge isn't the greatest coach, or at least from what we know so far. It's only his first year. But what he said in his press conference will will be something that's always stick with uh, will always stick with me. I believe the quote was, "You can't fit round pegs in square holes." And, and, and or yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't fit round pegs in square holes. And what he was saying was, you know, you, you just have to work with what you've got um, and, and ride through it and ride and die for the guys that you have in that locker room. And I, I don't know if that situation maybe kind of fractured anything in the locker room, but it is very telling that, like we said, Nagy wasn't ready, wasn't willing to ride or die for his guy. And maybe the other players are looking at that like, man, I mean, you know, it's true. You know, he didn't ride for Mitch. You know, how is how is he going to ride out there for the rest of us? So I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if I'm kind of reaching there, but it surely seems that when it comes to that particular situation, he wasn't all in on his guy that he was brought in to help. Yeah. And I just want to clarify for the listeners, um, like we're, we're just kind of speak. We're kind of thinking out loud and speculating more than anything. Yeah. So we're not we're not saying any of this is true or no, you know, no we're no, just no. kind of thinking uh-huh. out loud. But, um, yeah, it, it's. You know, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, do you trust if they were to bring in another quarterback, um, like like if, you know, if they tell you, you know, first round, we're going quarterback, this and that. Do you trust, you know, one pace to draft that quarterback and to uh, Nagy to develop that quarterback right now? Like with another. So quarterback? let me let me answer this question by saying uh, evaluating the two and comparing the two. I would say I would tr- I would trust more. I, I would. I would trust Ryan Pace more to draft a quarterback than I would trust Nagy to develop that quarterback, if that makes sense to you. Really? And the fact that I'm saying that I think is so telling. I mean, I don't, I mean, people are just starting to figure out what we said weeks ago. How many, how many offensive players has, have developed under Matt Nagy? How many? I don't think you can name one. I really don't think you can name one. Uh, And that's a serious problem. And sure, did Ryan Pace whiff in 2017? Yeah. Will he whiff again? I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, I don't have to bring it up, but every effing analyst in the world had Mitch Trubisky as their number one quarterback. And it was found out that Ryan Pace, you know, did evaluate Mahomes and wanted to take Mahomes and, you know, something happened there and we'll never know and all this and all that. But I think the fact that I would say I would trust Ryan Pace to make that pick or at least go out and find a free agent like uh, Prescott. And I'm saying this because I I almost at the point, too, where I don't think Ryan, I I think when it comes to a percentage of who had the say in the Nick Foles transaction, that it was Nagy like 80 percent, Ryan Pace 20 percent. I mean, and, and isn't that more revealing now than ever? The fact that he continues to ride with him. I'm sure Nagy was in his ear saying, look, this is my guy. I want him and I need him. And Ryan Pace, you better go out and get him. Uh, and Ryan Pace said, you know what? You're my head coach. We work together. I'm going to go out and get him for you. Um, and he did what he needed to do. So I don't I don't know, man. But I, I don't I don't have a lot of trust in man Nagy right now. And I, I think a lot of people feel the same way. Man, I don't know. I may be crazy here. I, I like what I'm about to say is going to kind of shock you. Um Look, if if Ryan Pace got fired after this year and um, the Bears, like, let's just say, missed the playoffs or whatever, I would absolutely understand. I would get it. But for some reason, man, I, I just can't get fully on that fire pace. Like, like I, I, I don't know. I, like, he built something special with his defense. Um, he He's the guy who brought in Eddie Jackson. He's the guy who brought in... Um, 
you know, Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, um, you know, all these guys. And it's like uh, Roquan Smith, like, you know, you, you talk about all these players and it's like a, a bad GM doesn't build this type of defense. I just really no. think I just really, really think, um, you know, he got a little bit unlucky. I, 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 I don't know. Like, I feel like he, he's put the pieces together, um, you know, definitely could have done better here and there. Um, I, I agree. And like, you know, his lack of a aggr- like he's aggressive in times w- at times when he doesn't need to be. And he's too passive mm-hmm. or too conservative at times when he needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. That's one. That's my main complaint. And but, um, you know, you really look at it, the grand, uh, grand scheme of things like I don't know, man, like you talk about in 2018, these players, you know, were looking like world beaters. And now all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> everyone sucks. Like, I, I just you know what I mean? Like no one was saying no one was saying Pace was a terrible drafter after 2018. Uh-huh. Like no, nobody was saying. And, and the thing is, like, I feel like there were still questions about the offense in 2018, even though like that offense compared to now is night and day. Like that offense compared to now is the freaking greatest show on turf. So, um, you know, I, I just it's just one of those things, man. Like, I really think people are. Um, and it's cu- funny coming from me, too, because I, I feel like I, I get very emotional. And, you know, sometimes I say things that I know I'll regret later. But, like, I think it's all people just kind of going completely, like, full send. Like, oh, just everybody out. Yeah, this guy, coach, uh, GM, owner, everyone just, you know, get the hell out of here. But, um, like, I just feel like people aren't digging too deep enough into this. Like, he, he drafted one bad quarterback, um, you know, or like you know one bad quarterback and, and uh, yeah. it's not like it's not like there's anything to really be, like compare that to right now um that and Mike Glennon are like the only bad things well I mean it's also to you know people want to say oh you know Shaheen before uh Kittle um you know Komet this year before Clay I mean I don't know all this stuff guys I mean how all all teams in the NFL uh, passed up nearly twice on DK Metcalf, who right now is looking like he could go down as one of the top 10 receivers of all time. I mean, you could do this all day. I mean, you could do this simply all day for every yeah. single player in every single draft. I mean, it happens every year, guys. No GM is perfect. Not one GM is perfect. And you look and you evaluate where Ryan Pace has done. Um, and I would say, and again, like, it is not, I don't think people understand that it is not just on the GM to make the pick. It's also equally on the coach to develop that player. Why do you think that consistently the Patriots are finding year after year undrafted rookies and other teams are finding year after year sixth, seventh rounder to be productive in their team on their teams? Why do you think that is? Is that just, be, you know, guys, come on. Sometimes in the later rounds, it's simply luck. I mean, it really is at times. Yeah. It is simply luck. And, you know, it, and a lot of it boils down to how the coach develops the players. Um, Riley Ridley. Who even knows if it's Ryan Pace's fault for drafting Riley Ridley? We don't know. Yeah, you know, it, it could be simply that Matt Nagy. I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's. I mean, this is. It's a really hard thing to evaluate when you really think about it and really understand that this these guys aren't developing, and, and the fault of that is on Nagy. I, I look. I've been. An, I wouldn't say I've been a full Nagy guy, but I'm really at the point where I. 
even if they do make the playoffs, I think he's got to go. I mean, I, I really do. And it, it hurts me a lot to say that because, you know, as a fan, everyone as a fan who's listening to this is a huge fan of the team. And you want to ride um, for your head coach. You want to ride for everybody. As a fan, you you just do. You know, you want to fight for them. Um, you know, I'll fight like hell for Nagy while he's the head coach. But I also have this thought in the back of my mind, like, you know, it's sure his record. Fine. Good. Great. All that, you know, all this. But guys, just think about how much better it could be. I mean, this yeah. team could be 8-0 right now, I think, with a good head coach. I mean, I really do believe that. The talent is there. Ryan Pace has constructed you this Super Bowl roster, and the coach just simply isn't getting the best of it. That's that's yeah. really what I think it boils down to. Um, I don't know if you have anything more to say about that. We can dive more into the game unless you have some more thoughts. Um, yeah, like just a little – just a couple quick things. Like, you know, the whole thing with the drafting, it's like do you really think Pace is drafting guys without – telling without you know going over it with Nagy first like he's not drafting he's not oh, drafting oh. yeah you know what I mean like he's not just like oh you know Matt Nagy yeah. is you know playing <laughs> golf and Ryan Pace like yo dude I just drafted Ryan Ridley <laughs> like you know what I mean like it like people act that way sometimes and it's like these guys are are a package deal um like it, you know mm-hmm. like they're, they're working together that's kind of the whole point of all this um but yeah it's just you know Matt Nagy's just He's just frustrating, man. He's frustrating. And, like, I just I'm, – I'm kind of starting to get sick and tired of, like, the the whole arrogance thing that he's that he's kind of showing in these pressures. It's like, dude, like, relax, okay? Like, you, you have accomplished nothing in this league to be talking like this. Like, you know what I mean? He, he – what did he say? He sarcastically um, said um, – what was it? Like, it was towards the fans. He was like, I appreciate everyone's concern and thoughts uh, – <laughs> or everyone's suggestions and, and thoughts – uh, like, you know, just kind of like in a very arrogant way. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say, but uh, we can dive into the to the actual uh, game review. I know exactly what you're trying to say. The arrogance is 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 on full display every time he says, yeah, the uh, the play calling, um, you know, I think that's not the issue here. That's all you need to see when it comes to the arrogance. But, yeah, let's dive into the game uh, a little bit. You know, the, the craziest thing about this game, I think the one thing that stands out to me the offensive line didn't look that bad. I mean, they like, okay, they didn't look that great, but they looked better. I mean, I don't know if Sam Mustafer is a, an all-pro center, but he looked fantastic. Um, he did. You know, Spriggs made some bad plays, but he looked all right. I mean, when those when Massey went down and then uh, who else went down? Um, uh, who else went down? Um, yeah, Spriggs well, went down for like a, a hot second. Yeah. Um, and, and and we were and, and I was like, oh my god! I mean, you're missing three of your five starters, four of your five starters. I mean, this is gonna all hell is gonna break loose here in, in the trenches. Uh, and, and that didn't happen. I mean, you actually saw holes for Dave Montgomery to run. Um, you know, it, not that many, but at least some. I mean, in the past weeks where there have been none, he has had a hole to run, and he he had what 138 yarder, and they were actually pretty damn close um, to being the first team to rush against 100 yards in the Saints in the past like 38 games, which I thought was 40 something games, which is an un- unbelievable statistic. Um, but yeah. I mean, I Mustafer maybe going forward at center, maybe switch around Cody White here, and this offensive line could maybe work. I don't know. Yeah, um, I just want to mention one thing. So David Montgomery had uh, I believe 89 yards on the game, right? 89 mm-hmm. yards rushing. Mm-hmm. 80 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 84 of those yards were after contact. Wow. Just just for yeah, just for perspective. So, like here don't get me wrong. I and like I said it too. Like I do think the offensive line played a little bit better. 
but it's like you still see the 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 main problem still being the problems like dude i've spent so much time and i don't even know why i spent so much time doing this but i spent so much time defending charles leno I've always said that, like, I feel like the main problem with him is his, you know, pre-snap penalties. And he's cut that down. And now I feel like he's completely starting to suck, like, completely backwards. Like, I, I just don't get it with him. And then Bobby Massey, I mean, they threw in Jason Spriggs, and this guy looked better. So, I mean, I don't even know, like, what to think at this point with this offensive line. Like, your tackles, like, it, it's funny. Like, our, our whole interior went down, and I feel like that's looking like the best part of our offense right now. Like, I, I don't know. Or the, or the best part of the offensive line, sorry. It's just like, dude, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, this offensive line just is not it, man. Um, but I, a, a little bit better yesterday. Um, shout out to Sam Mustafer, though. He looked really good. And Jason Spriggs. And Jason Spriggs. I feel Big like he, shout out to those he really guys. stepped in there. Yeah, they, those guys, like, you know, as bad as I'm saying the offensive line has been, like, you know, it's not easy coming in, filling in, especially in the trenches like that, man. Um, you know, Jason Spriggs, especially, because he didn't even really have time to prepare. It's just like, all right, you know, your mm-hmm. number's called. You got to get in there and, you know try to block some uh some decent saints uh pass rushers so um shout out to those guys um you know a little bit better i guess progress is progress you know trying to be more positive about it let's talk a little bit about darna mooney um that guy i mean that guy is the truth right now he had the huge 58 i want to say 58 something yard catch that could have been a touchdown had the throw be perfect and let him could have been a touchdown but no one's talking about that um i think bear central is happy to at least see a deep ball be completed um so hey i'll take it i'll take it we we did complete a deep ball that's really all it is but it's just like Man, you know, for some other teams, that's a touchdown. That's that's oh, you know yeah. a touchdown where he's walking into the end zone. Um, oh, and yeah. I, I could tell you, if the quarterback was Mitch Trubisky, that's we talking about this morning is you know what could have, should have, but have, would have, would have, but have if uh, he had put the ball there on the money. But nonetheless, Darnell Mooney is just, I mean, week in week out, proving why he's wide receiver two, proving why he's a, you know one of the higher steals of the draft. Um, I mean, his footwork is oh. just phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> He's been doing it against the best guys in the league. Saints, not a you know, not a, a secondary to sneeze at. They're a good secondary, and he's toasting them. He's scoring touchdowns, putting up I think 80, 90 yards of total offense. Um, yeah. you know what I would like to see too is use him on some jet sweet stuff. Use him on reverse stuff, man. I mean, you see a lot of other teams having a lot of success with that. The Chiefs with Miko Hardman. Hell, the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. I mean, the Cowboys with CeeDee Lamb even. A lot of these teams are using their speed receivers on some nice option plays, some nice reverse plays, some toss plays, some jet sweeps. And I think when you have a guy like Mooney who's so fast and agile, use him. I mean, at this point, I'd rather have him on the sweeps than Cordero Patterson. I just think, you know, he's just... You know, the guy's maybe a little bit quicker, maybe just a little bit quicker. Cordell Patterson's a fast guy, uh, but maybe Darnell Mooney's just a little bit more agile, can break t- uh, or can juke guys a little better. I don't know. Um, but it's just, you know, again, one of those creative things that here we are, a few schmucks, you could say, on a podcast who are thinking of things that apparently Matt Nagy can't even think of. Um, so I don't know if I'm crazy or I should be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears, but, you know, why not use Mooney out of the backfield like that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, dude, honestly, the more, the more, uh, like, as each week passes by, like, the more I'm starting to believe that Cordero Patterson is nothing more than a returner. Like, and, and I yeah. hate to say that. 
I hate to say that, but like there's yeah. a reason he's never been incorporated into an offense before, or at least not successfully. Like, you know, I feel like there's evidence of that too. Um, and Matt Nagy's trying to turn him into something he's not. Um, at first, I was open to to the idea, but like I feel like that's starting to become a little bit more clear. I don't know if you agree or if you know other Bears fans agree with that, but that's kind of you know what I've been noticing. It's just been a thought that's been floating around in my head. Um, but yeah, Darnell Mooney. Just a freaking phenomenal player, man. That's a freaking phenomenal player. And the one thing I love about him is he's hungry, man. He's hungry. Like, just everything that's come out about him, um, you know, uh, in in terms of, like, news. Like, his first purchase was a jug machine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he they, they said, uh, you know, they were talking to, to him about, um, you know, the Nick Foles overthrows. And he's like, oh, no, man, that's on me. Like, I have to run faster. You know, I have to get to the ball like that. That was his mentality. And that's something that's very honorable, in my opinion. Um, You know, that that's that'll turn you into a fan favorite very quickly, very quickly. So, yeah. You want to who didn't uh, buy a jugs machine with their first purchase? I think I know who you're about to say, but I'll let you I'll let you go ahead and finish this. Allen Robinson. No, I'm just kidding. Javon (laughs) Wims. Oh, that's actually uh, not who I thought you were going to say. What? Who did you think I was going to say? Anthony Miller? Yeah, I thought you were just going to be like, you know, he hasn't really progressed. Like, he hasn't bought <laughs> Come on, Yeah, we need, we need some uh, stories about Anthony Miller's first purchase. I think it says a lot about the player. Um, let, let's let's get that out there, Bears, if, you, uh, if your social media team or whatever is listening to this. But, no, Javon Wims. Um, I and I think Chris and I have differing views on this, but Javon Williams should have been cut yesterday. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible. I mean, ugh, just inexcusable. I, I understand. So the, the report was, well, if you guys follow John Boy on Twitter, he kind of did a breakdown of what happened. So what happened was Javon Williams had his mouth guard pulled by Chauncey Garner Johnson. After that, Javon Williams did not see the field for 11 straight minutes in real time minutes, real time minutes, yeah. uh, not game minutes, real time minutes. Came back on the field, um, you know, got got caught up with, you know, was running a route against, uh, was running a route against, I believe, Janoris Jenkins. Wasn't even running a route against Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, you know, when the play was over, I think it was a running play, play was over. He runs over to uh, Cha- Gardner-Johnson, rips off his mouthpiece in retaliation, then punches him directly in the helmet. Um, and then kind of steps back like he's a boxer, proceeds to punch him again. And then there were allegations that Chauncey. Garner Johnson spit on Javon Wims, and Chauncey Garner Johnson has now denied those allegations. Um, but regardless, Matt Nagy's postgame presser said that was, you know, he, he couldn't get over how disturbing that was for him. Um, Nick Foles said he was not going to comment about what happened there. Um, there was clearly, clearly a, a lot going on with that situation as far as the locker room goes and the conversations between Nagy and Wims and Wims and the team. Um, I showed Chris a video of, you if you go back and watch the aftermath where Javon Wims is, you know, flexing, acting all tough, you can see Jermaine Effetti yelling at him, telling him to get the hell off the field. Like, don't you don't belong here right now. You're not in the right place to be flexing after what you just did, you know, hurting your team there in the third quarter. So I think that video was a little bit of representation of how the rest of the team felt you know that that's not chicago bears football 
uh, right there. And to me, it's inexcusable regardless of, you know, I played sports my whole life and I know what it feels like to get, you know, shit talked. Uh, you know, some of these Chicago public schools, man, where I went to high school, I mean, they were ruthless. I mean, absolutely ruthless. You know, I played baseball, shit talking and all that, but you just got to drown it out. And the best way to counter talk like that is counter it with your play. Okay. Charlie Gunner Johnson talking all this shit to you, you know, making you mad. You know what you do? You burn him for a touchdown. You burn him on an hour out. That's how you, that's how you talk shit back to somebody. Um, and, and that's just the way I see it, Chris. I don't know how you see it, but I, I believe Javon Williams should be cut. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I look, man, I and I'm not I, I swear to you, I'm not just saying this because of, you know, how much I love Javon Williams. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand that. I totally understand. I, that. I, I, I just like it. OK, if he this whole report with with, you know, him getting spit at, like I, if that's if that's coming into play, like I, I feel like you got to at least be a little bit more open-minded about what like listen there's no defending that like he shouldn't have done that and, and like i i agree um but it's like man if you really like dude like i i just can't imagine any person in this freaking world like this goes beyond football in my opinion that was the one point i was told myself i was gonna make on this episode like like it's not even about football like this guy last year don't like remember this man remember this last year Tariq cohen you know, he was making jokes about his height, you know, on, on national television. Mm-hmm. And then he's also messing. And then um, yesterday happens. He's holding on to, to Anthony Miller's face mask. You know, like he was he was genuinely trying to to like, I hope I don't I'm not making this deeper than it is. But like you're kind of going at someone's manhood if you're if you're trying to like bitch someone like that. Um, and, and I honestly think that's what he was trying to do. He's trying to belittle them by what he was doing. I think I think it was more than trash talk. You know, if it was just trash talk and Javon Wims did that, like, man, this dude has bigger problems to worry about in his football career. Like that would be that would have to be like some <laughs> an, straight into anger management. But dude, like I, I just like we've had Javon Wims on this team for for a while now. And like I, you've never seen anything like that from Javon Wims. Like that's why I just feel like it, it's such a, you know, a hard thing to judge because you know of course there's no place for that in football um but you know when you really when you really just just take a step back and think about this like he just decided he wasn't gonna that he wasn't gonna let his teammates get bitched he wasn't gonna get bitched himself and you know he was standing up for for himself and his team um i, I you know that jermaine fetty uh, um video i i i think it was i think he was also like the whole argument about how it's like a heat of the moment thing, I think that also comes into play with Ifedi too, because you know, uh, like at that time and point, like of course, I, you know, Jermaine Ifedi would be pissed off at Javon Wims because I think you know he he's he's looking at it like, oh yeah, you know, like dude, get the hell back! You just cost us 15 yards. Um, you just got ejected. Mm-hmm. But like, I would be shocked if, if if you know his teammates aren't if his teammates still have that same view. If you get what I'm trying to say, like after everything's come out today. And just, you know, like mm-hmm. letting the letting the situation die down a little bit. I, I, I was just rambling on. I hope you get what I'm trying to say. But um, I think I think cutting him would be too far, man, J- mainly because like Javon Wims has never done anything to to. I think, you know, he's never done anything close to this. He's never even in the news. People outside of Chicago don't even know who Javon Wims is. So, like, I, I you know what I mean? I just I don't know. I I. I I just feel like cutting him would be a little bit too far. If you want to cut him because you feel like he doesn't add value to the team, I- I'm open to that argument. You know, as much as I like the guy and I disagree hey. with that, I feel like that's an argument we can have. But, 
you know, just based off this one incident, I feel like it's a little bit too much, man. I don't know. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. That's half of it. Uh, more than half of it for me is the guy has five receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown on the year. But, but I mean, what, but they're five and three with him the and they're five and three without him. I don't want to hear the opportunity, dude. I mean, I, like this guy, I mean, yeah, he's not on the field a lot. But, Chris, I mean, it's been three years. I mean, this guy, come on, but, we got to give listen, up hope but, on. But we just, I mean, but we just we just talked about Riley Ridley and how he's getting healthy scratched, man. Like, do do we really trust Nagy's evaluations right now? Dude, listen, everybody started to turn on Javon Wims when he had like two drops last year. I forgot against who it was, but um, like I feel like he had those two drops. Yeah, Cowboys. There you go. He had those two drops or whatever. And, and that was like the turning point in everyone's, you know, like viewing of Javon Wims. Like the turning point everyone, in my viewing. What was that? I said that was the turning point in my viewing. Yeah, man, but it's like, dude, you can't just I mean, like everything up until that point, in my opinion, Javon Wims, every time he was given an opportunity, he came in, he did his job, you know, he gave us what, what we needed. And like, you know, I just feel like it's super unfair how he got phased out. Like I I don't know, man. I that that's all I've been thinking about is just like it really just took two drops for everyone, including the coaching staff, to just kind of turn on him and I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying he'll be this amazing, you know, contributor to this team or anything. But I mean, like they just stopped giving him opportunities. So I feel like the last thing in everyone's mind is are those drops. If you get what I'm trying to say with this, like, I I don't know. No, you're right. I mean, he definitely wasn't given a fair shake from an opportunity standpoint. But look, if if Javon Wims being cut means Riley Ridley can see the field, are you not taking that every day of the week? Like, dude, but are you not taking that? I don't think it has to be one or the other, man. You know, I always say that. Like, I just, you know, you get what I mean, man. Like, like, dude, it Ryan, shouldn't have to be, but it kind of is at this point. But I don't know, man. But that's kind of like a that's like opening up a whole nother discussion about problems. You know what I mean? Like at that point, like, like, dude, there's no way Riley Ridley should be inactive every week. A healthy scratch every week. Like, are you kidding me? Dude, he hasn't been active for one game. He hasn't been dressed for one game. Like, like that's just like, at that point, it's like you either have something against him or, or the guy just completely sucks. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, at this point, I really don't know. But, I mean, look, he you would think he, he's getting his opportunity now, right, with Javon Wim suspended a couple games? Yes. I, I mean, would, so I would like, imagine, and with Ted Ginn being likely inactive because Dwayne Harris has taken over that punt return role. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with, with this whole situation. But, like, do you think, do you honestly think he'll still be cut? Or, or do you think, like, the window for that would is has already passed? Get what I, I, no, no, no. He, he, I think he should have been cut, but I don't think he will be cut. Um, usually that's one of those things where it's, okay, Monday morning, that's inexcusable, yeah, you're gone. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know, I, you know, I, and look, if, if he, you know, truly had a very sincere apology, um, you know, had a great conversation with Nagy, you know, so be it in respect to him for doing that. Um, and I just, I think all of us too, were kind of like in that heat of the moment where it was like, you know, because I think the thing that we didn't talk about either is that was a really important play in the game. And that really kind of shifted the momentum of that game. You needed to get that drive going to have a better chance to win. That puts you back. You ended up punting, or I think you, I think you actually ended up with interception after that. Um, the very next play. You actually, did. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the very next play? 
Very next player. End up with the very next player. One of the next two. I know at least that. Um, and I think that's what a lot. I I think that drove a lot of people's opinions as to why they yeah, thought he should have been cut. Yeah. Because this is like you know a pinnacle game in the season. Uh, one of the biggest moments. You know, not late in the game, but in the third quarter. Um, you know that side of the field. It's just not not the right moment for it to happen. And, and you know, I guess part of that is bad place, bad time. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. Uh, let, let's go to some positives real quick. I know it's crazy, right? There are positives? What are you talking about, man? Positives? We don't talk about that too often. No, I mean, look, I'm at the end of the day, I'm still an optimistic guy. I still think the Bears are a playoff team, and that's a conversation for later. But, hey, Dan Trevathan, your guy, Roquan yep. Smith, fantastic in all capital letters. They were yep. fantastic on Sunday. So much for Dan Trevathan uh, not having enough juice. And, and Roquan Smith looked like an all-pro yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they look like the the 2018 duo, man. Like, these guys look for real. Um, I, I'm really happy to see that. Um, look, man, it, Danny Trevathan, the argument about him being washed, I kind of get it because, like, you know, with just everything regarding his age, um, his injury history, and then how he looked the first couple weeks. Like, I feel like you can like the assumption that he was washed. I kind of understand it. Um, but it's like with Roquan Smith, this guy literally has never been anything other than spectacular, in my opinion, other than, you know, there's a couple games here and there. But that's every that every, you know, even superstar has bad games. I just find it hilarious how everyone was saying, like, I don't know if you saw this as well, Kevin, but like after the first two, three weeks when Roquan wasn't, you know, at his best, like everyone was started questioning, like, oh, like, why do we draft this guy? And it's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I must be I must be watching a completely different Roquan Smith or I, I you know, I could have been watching a completely different Roquan Smith since 2018. But like, dude, I feel like he's locked in, solidified as one of the best defensive players on this team, like quite easily and it's like it was just so surprising to me that people were just that like that whole conversation came up after a couple weeks i don't know if it was just people being you know emotional reactionary like you know we can all get or if if people actually thought there was some merit to that like argument but do, do you know what i'm referring to yeah i know exactly what you're referring to but this is this is the narrative that bears fans create when their uh rookies don't perform in a timely manner uh what has been the narrative about cole Komet? what has been the narrative about you know mitch trubisky in his first year i mean every single player if you don't perform and this i guess this goes for any fan base you know they're gonna start questioning the pick no matter where it happened no matter you know when the pick happened and who was taken above them and behind them and all this and all that I think that's just what happens, but it's also it's been proven that that was ridiculous because, like you said, I mean this this guy has it, um, and I don't I feel like people are kind of afraid to admit that he's like an all pro caliber player because he's not necessarily putting up the numbers you would expect just from a standpoint the, the tackles are there, but from a standpoint of like game changing plays, talking about interceptions and fumbles, and I will say uh, I wanted to bring this up he. he he did miss the opportunity to end that game uh, on Sunday. That yeah. that ball that was thrown yeah. should have been a pick six. Um, and, and that's what was weird is Eddie Jackson also had that opportunity and he missed. I mean, that was a little bit tougher. There's a little bit more contact there with the receiver's hands and a little bit harder of a play to make. But what I heard someone say was like, 2018 Bears make that play. Um, you know, and it's just like, yeah. God damn, you know, you're right. Like, 
it's just those types of things that this team isn't getting this year, and it's the reason why they're five and three, not you know seven and one, eight. No, I mean that that's really what it boils down to. Um, but no, Danny T, Roquan, fantastic. I mean they're really hoping to build off of that performance, and I I, I do also want to bring up. I mean I can't believe we're talking about this. The Bears have a kicker, man. The Bears oh, have a kicker, man. Cairo oh, Santos. And let me let me be honest. I know every Bears fan is thinking the same thing. When they iced him and he made it, I thought we were screwed. I mean, how many times yeah. do we see that happen? They make oh, the yeah. first one, they get iced, and it's like crap. You know, I was like, damn it, man, he put it in there, and now he's gonna miss it. It was a windy day, everything was stacked against him, and then he nailed it again. I was like, oh my god. I mean, I think I went back and I thought about it because look, I, I will own up to this like anyone. I mean. Four weeks ago, I blatantly said on this podcast, I had zero confidence in Kyra Santos. And I do think I, I was okay for saying that because he did have to earn the trust of the fan base, but he has more than earned the trust of the fan base right now. Oh, man, dude. I, I Thank God you brought that up. I would have felt terrible if I remembered that we forgot to mention him um, during this episode. But, dude, he, man, like... Like, I, I want to go up to him and just give him a big hug because, like, I feel so much more confident in, in when we're kicking field goals now and something I haven't felt since gold. Like, I, I, I maybe overreacted here, but I, like, maybe it's just because we've dealt with garbage kickers for so long. But, you know, like, this guy, this guy's just, he's nailing everything, man. And and um, you may have been right about, you know, the double doink, you know, jinx, it re- did the reverse jinx. Um, you know, and, and now I told, you, I told you, you called it, you called it. So, you know what I mean? I, um, yeah, man, huge shout out to Cairo Santos. Um, that man, that like I, people don't understand. I know bears fans do, but like people like just in general, don't understand how hard it is kicking at soldier, man. Like that, it, it's uh-huh. not easy at all. And this guy's done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, I, he's, He's earned himself a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I feel like he's he's given himself some leeway with some missed kicks if they were to happen in the near future. I because I think, you know, he he's showing some confidence. He's showing that accuracy that I feel like we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, but based off of what we know about how uh, Matt Nagy evaluates players, one missed kick and it's on to Eddie Pinheiro. Yes, I'm referencing the Mitch Trubisky uh, Nick Foles situation. So, hopefully. That's not the case because he's been fantastic. Um, the double doink reverse is, you know, it, it's it's live and it's true. And if you didn't know this, if you're a Bears fan from out of town, you're out of state, for some reason you don't know this, I mean, Soldier Field is right on the lakefront. And that obviously makes it so yeah. much harder to kick a ball. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because yesterday was not a calm day in Chicago. It was oh, very wow. windy. Uh, it was frigid. It was those bare temperatures. And, you know, the fact that he was able to nail those, you know, I would say 251 yards because he got iced and all the rest yeah. of his kicks was just phenomenal. Um, you have anything else for us, Chris, to wrap up? Um, honestly, that's about it. Um, trade deadline tomorrow, I believe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's been reports already that there's going to be no moves made by the Bears or people just a lot of beat writers saying don't expect anything. So, um, you know, it kind of looks like we are in, um, you know, I, I just expect a lot of angry Bears fans tomorrow. I won't lie to you. Uh, I'm not shocked uh, that much. I can tell you I am not shocked. But I, I, I mean, please, please, Ryan, this this is us right now. Um, all from all Bears fans, just just one, just just one move uh, that could possibly help this offense. 
the defense doesn't need any help. Just one offensive guard, one offensive yeah. lineman, may, may, maybe a wide receiver. Listen, I'm going to text Jake this as well after this, but me, you, and Jake, and every other, I would say every other Bears fan, but by the time this comes out, I think uh, the trade deadline will have passed. But just, we got to go to sleep and just pray. Like, when when you say your prayer tonight, just make sure you mention uh, for Ryan Pace, for God to make Ryan Pace, please do something. Like, just something, man. Something. You got to just, like, just, just pretend to give a shit at the very least. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Just, ju- just pray. Just pray. That's how we'll wrap it up. We'll see you guys for our preview episode of the Titans game. Titans coming off a loss against the Bengals. Should be a good one next Sunday. We'll see you guys on Friday for that. For myself, for Chris and Nana, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. See you guys next time. Yeah.